welcome to Fictionality episode 12 from fictionality.co.uk. I'm Scott Heron. And I'm John Ferguson. And we are two guys who don't know how to make films here to discuss the making of our own film project, Fictional Fiction. This is um, uh, quite a uh, big episode today. Well, not really. Well, is it big? I don't know. Big, mm-hmm. small, medium. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the last uh, episode um, of the, the podcast for the year. Um for 2007 well, you know strictly speaking it's not well actually you're right it's not it's not <laughs> uh yeah uh and, uh we said in the earlier podcast what's going to happen is there's going to be two podcasts released today and uh, uh podcast 13 is going to be a filler so that once the whole project has been done and completed we're going to record um podcast 13 again and replace it in the feed yes we are um so that it'll actually be a you know, if, I don't know why anybody would do this, but if you ever listened to all the podcasts sequentially after the film came out, it would be projecting into the future. Is <laughs> uh, it's fun and novel? Yeah, I just thought why why not? So there'll be a, a little short one of me and Scott explaining that. So technically, that will be the last podcast of two thousand seven, which in by the end of two thousand nine will actually be a podcast from two thousand nine that came out in two thousand seven. Sort of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice little time travel thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. However, I think officially we should say. Merry Christmas and such. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Only a couple of days away. I don't know. 2007. When will you When will you have this podcast up, Scott? Will it be before Christmas? Um, I can have it up. What day is today? Today is Sunday. Sunday. Isn't it? Sunday, the 23rd of December. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get it up uh, tomorrow, perhaps. Cool. Maybe even tonight. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll have to edit it very quickly then before we go home. Um, I'll do it. I'll do it before Christmas. I'll do it on on Monday. I'm away on the 27th, so at the very latest, it'll be the 26th. But I'll probably get it done on the. 24th. Um, so, uh, the script update is uh, there's a first draft done. First draft is complete. Huzzah. Uh, which um, John Nicholson was right. I did actually write it very, very quickly when I, I had to create motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote the remaining uh, half of the script because it was a whole half I still had to write, it turned out. I wrote that in uh, a single day. So Wow. There you go. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to do, a lot of motivation, and you get it done. Uh, and uh, for those that are interested, what was the final page count on the script? Ooh, as I quickly open Skeletics in front of me... Does it tell you in here quickly how I many pages are? I think you have to go to the typeset version. Um, the, the script has 24 in Celtics, but um, I'm not quite sure what that is in PDF. Does that include the front page? Yes, it does. Uh, including the front page in PDF is apparently 24 pages. So, um, going by uh, what we'd always estimated was that one page of script accumulated to be, was it just over a minute or between a minute and two minutes of film? Yes, I think roughly, yeah. That was our estimation before we started. We actually have no idea. We just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I found a full movie script and I divided the full length of that film by the number of pages and came up with a rough number. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's where we got that from. Um, but go- going by that analysis, that would mean our movie is actually going to be somewhere between thirty and forty minutes. Is that right? Or twenty? No, twenty and thirty minutes. Twenty, oh, twenty yeah. and forty. Minutes. We, it needs to be less than forty. It needs to be less than forty. We're, we're, we're adamant about that because if it's not less than forty, it is officially classed as a feature film and uh, not a short. Don't think it's quite up for feature film status. Yeah. At least by the Oscars, that's how they class it. I think yeah. there's actually some festivals that are even titled than that. They might say thirty minutes or twenty. I don't know. Mm. Let's check that out. I think a lot of festivals might say thirty. So I'll have to look into that. I know the Oscars are forty though. 
But um, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely longer than we thought it would be. We, I think I think uh, maybe in an earlier podcast I said fifteen pages was the expected. Yes, it's fifteen to seventeen. I think you said. I think fifteen. But so we're we're way over that. Um, <clears throat> I we may try and cut something out. I've got to be honest. I it's very very tightly knit together now. I don't really know what can be cut <laughs> anymore. I guess this is the age-old problem that many script writers have. I know, I know. This is uh, kind of insane. I don't. Where, did we did we talk about the the budget update? I never. I haven't updated the website for the budget yet. I'll have to do that today as well. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Um, I don't know oh, yeah. what our final tally is. Did you say that the last time? Um, I I think I wrote it down. Oh no, no, we did talk about it. The we final tally. Who oh, crap? It was. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's a couple of weeks since we've bought anything anyway, so... <laughs> it's in it's in uh, episode 10. The last thing we bought was uh, a graphics tablet and a green screen, which mm-hmm. we've, we've tested the green screen, and we did see that, actually. We were going to put a test of the green screen up, if I remember. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think we'll do that anymore. I don't think anybody's going to care. <laughs> yeah. We'll just wait for the first episode to come out. We we um we have uh, started doing our, our first proper making of um, webisode for the, the site, um, more difficult than it appeared. Um, well, what? Well, what is, what is, we're, we're, well I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to talk about that per se because. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're 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 behind in that we there's some CGI stuff that needs to be done before we can release the webisode um, for like the introduction animation and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. the first one we didn't have anything like that, and we're not very happy with the first one. It was very. We just sort of decided one day, like we haven't done any filming yet. Let's just make <laughs> do this quickly and. We quickly came up with something to say and sort of recorded it in like an hour and edited it in an hour and put, mm-hmm. on, put it on the web. So we want to sound a little bit more like a real uh, video podcast. So um, we're doing animations and stuff and we're we're behind with that because it took be so long to do the script and uh, other things as well. I think we've, we estimated today that um, even though we've, we've adjusted our production plan accordingly, going by our original concept dates, we are we're three months behind that. Is that right? Yes, I think so. However, we're not behind on the updated plan. No, the current project plan puts us on time, but the original, well, actually, I think it actually puts us about half a month behind, strictly speaking. Depends on how long it takes us to do the storyboarding. Yep. Um, but we're not yet behind. We're sort of possibly behind, but we're not yet behind. But going by the original, just, just, but just you know, for interest to show you how far off you can get very quickly. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd written... Um, in the last entry in the website, just uh, that it might be quite fun to put our production plan up with how well, how close we came to achieving it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. to make it clear what the changes were. I don't think I actually spoke to you about this. What the changes were um, and stuff, any that we did make just to highlight how difficult it is to keep to a project yeah, plan, but and especially over long term. You could just post, um, do, a, do a news post and just have it as the production plan, just say what it is. And then as we change it, we'll just post new versions, and then people can go back and see earlier versions. And- yeah, okay. Yeah, we cool. can include what changes have been made since the previous one as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I exactly. think that would be a good... Uh, I think that'd be quite a useful thing to keep people up to date with. Absolutely. I'd say as well, yeah. see, having a production plan, that, that actually helps you keep on track as well, actually really knowing when you're getting behind the things. And then that's something we can include in the end as well on the final DVD is the production plan and how it changed yeah, as a cool, learning yeah. tool. Um. So, uh, yeah, there's there's actually a, a bunch of stuff happening just now and um, we're... we're, we're there's actually a lot of this, because now that the script's out of the way. There's actually a lot we can now do. <laughs> all of a sudden, there's all this stuff that we're, we're now that's been on this list that we couldn't really start that we can now start doing. So there's loads of things happening, mm. but nothing we can really say very much about because it's all just in the beginning stages. Um, but basically, there's uh, there's tutorials coming, there's uh, video podcasts coming, there's storyboards coming, and potentially music coming. 
So uh, lots of stuff happened. Um, Did you see the logo? There's a low. The logo. You're making. Oh that? yeah, we've 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 gone for ideas for trailers, uh, film logos, uh, studio logos. Yep. Uh, a bunch of animation stuff. Um, loads of things have been happening. Um, Scott's <laughs> doing an internal laugh about something. No, so my stomach's rumbling. Oh, is it? And I think I can hear it through the headphones. Okay, you. Yeah, I didn't hear it. That's that's fine. Hopefully, the viewer, <laughs> the listeners, sorry, didn't hear it either. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything today. Let's just quickly clarify. Anyway, Have you not? no, I haven't. I haven't uh, eaten anything. I had soup and two rolls and sausage. Fantastic. That is Scottish square sausage, guys. If you don't live in Scotland, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. That's good. Best sausage in the world. Comes from square cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it really has no resemblance. Oh no, sorry. Any other pigs? It'll be square pigs. Was it uh, pork loin sausages? That's what they call them. Eh? I don't know what they're officially called. They're, to me, they're square sausages. As loins as opposed to link sausages. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Uh, <laughs> we're totally getting off track. Uh, film news. All he wants to say was that it's interesting that the writer's strike's still going on. Uh, and we support the writer's strike, by the way. And uh, there's some guys saying some weird stuff about... Um, it was actually on Trigger Street. They've got they've got a video podcast now, which is worth checking out, guys. But um, the two guys in that were suggesting that the writer's guild were talking about bypassing the studios and just publishing straight to the web. And I was like, what does that mean? How's that going to work? Bypassing I mean, the studios, like, well, you're just going to start publishing scripts on the web, and that'll that'll you know be the same as making TV, or I don't know. It just seems like a weird comment. I don't think that's what he meant. It it's almost like weird. a threat, like kind of if yeah, you don't like, pay us, then we're going to release this as public knowledge, yeah. and then that's it. But I have actually found there's a bunch of really amazing internet content has sprung up because of the writers' strike. Um, you know, like really interesting. The writers are just they've got nothing else to do and they're bored. Um, <laughs> hmm. There's um, there's the what's what's the what's, what show does Conan O'Brien do? Is, uh, it, is it Late Night with Conan O'Brien? Yes, it is. It's a Late Night show. Okay. There's a website which is called Late Night Underground. Okay. And it's the writers from Late Night are actually doing like video podcasts and stuff like that. And Conan O'Brien's in some of them. And they're just really funny. Hmm. Okay. But the, the, it's, it's like just like... almost knocked over my laptop. It's just stuff to do while they're bored, I think. And um, Will Ferrell's got one, which is um, Funny or Die or something like that. It's an interesting one. Will Ferrell has one? Will Ferrell's got a kind of video blog service, which isn't just him, it's like other stuff, but I think it's called Funny or Die. And there's another one which is called, um, uh, I think it's uh, Speechless Without Writers. Oh, okay. And that's lots and lots of uh, videos of well-known actors, like really well-known actors, performing a scene and struggling because they don't have anything to say. Interesting. And it's actually really, really funny. (laughs) That, there's no, that there's a lot of them. I'm going to have to tune in to check that out. They've actually. got like Woody Allen and Alan Cumming and um, uh, uh, Ross from Friends and Kate Beckinsale and um, uh, Rosanna, uh, not Rosanna Arquette, her sister. Patricia Arquette? Uh, yes. I can't remember. And, uh, you know, there's a, <laughs> it's such a very funny website. Anyway. Um, uh, other news, uh, just random. I'm, I'm nicking all this off Trigger Street because I read it earlier on today. But <laughs> was that uh, Peter Jackson's finally resolved that thing with New Line Cinema, and he's going to be producing, I think, the the Hobbit. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Sorry, I'm just moving the mic. That's uh, cool. That's cool. But they're making it into two films, which I think could be potentially bad. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, as to try and make a well, I guess it's not. A, it's not a quadrilogy. It's not a Quint- quintil- quintology. A quintology is that one for five? I guess so. Quint. Well, Quint is Quint. Yeah, quad Quint quintology. Quintology. Think. Oh, that sounds funky. Quadrilogy, quintology, sectology, septology. Yeah, quintology. Well, but um, so yeah, so basically, there's going to be one film that's based on the actual book, The Hobbit, and then another one, which I don't know whether really claim the Hobbit was. It's nothing to do with the book, but it's the time between The Hobbit and The Fellowship of the Ring, I guess. 
Okay, cool. I didn't know anything really particularly interesting happened between those two books, but I guess maybe it did. I'm a little bit concerned that, um, I think you'd mentioned before that uh, New Line Cinema and Peter Jackson had a encounter, like the um, the owed him money or something, and he wasn't willing to work for them anymore. Um, well, yeah, but that's, that's why he originally wasn't saying to do because he, he did kind of want to do it, but he was like, well, I'm not doing it. New Line Cinema had the rights, and he's like, well, I'm not working for New Line Cinema because they owe me all this money. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit concerned that um, because the the screenwriters and the directors all have an impact on how the atmosphere of the movie goes, that if Peter Jackson was not involved, even if they still had the same screenwriters, that that might affect uh, the atmosphere and type of... It might not feel the same, mm. if you know... Well, I mean, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have the same screenwriters because Peter Jackson wrote, produced and directed the uh, the Lord of the Rings films. Oh, I didn't realise that he also wrote them. Like, it was the, him, the and his, him and his wife, Fran Walsh, and uh, Philippa Boynes, who I, I don't know exactly how, what her relationship is, but it was the three of them wrote the screenplay. All right. Well, then in that case, I'm quite worried as to whether or not it's going to work. Yeah, because even, even though that he's involved, he's not doing the screenplay, he's not directing, he is producing. Huh. That's so, that's disappointing. Yeah, I know. Don't really have that much that high kind of high hopes for it. However. I don't know. It could still be very good because it's like the way I think about it is like V for Vendetta. The Wachowski brothers did not direct or produce that, as far as I'm aware, but they did write it. So you know, and and what I'm saying is that that actually still comes across in in the very much the, the vein of the Matrix style and stuff like that. So I don't. I could still work out. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy that is apparently in talks to direct is um, the guy that directed Pan's Labyrinth. All right, okay. And Guido del Toro or something. Something like that, yeah. He was very good. That was a very good film. What was the guy's name? Guillermo del Toro? I don't know. No idea. Excuse my horrible pronunciation, uh, if I even got the name right. Um... I don't know that that he's that was an extremely dark film, and I don't want I don't know want the Hobbit to be that dark, but he's clearly a good director. Um. Anyway, I think that's what we really want to say about film stuff, isn't it? Yep, it is. Okay, the big thing we're going to do today is we're going to go through the rest of the story um, because we d- we only did half a couple of podcasts ago. We're going to do the rest now that's been written. Um, but quickly, I thought we should kind of sum up what we've managed to actually get achieved this year, or in fact, general since we started this project. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Okay, so just for everybody that just to kind of see how far we've come, we have not rehearsed this at all, and we're just going to go off the top of my head. As I recall it, <laughs> as I recall, as I recall, I was a guy that knew roughly how to use Blender, but not very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Elephant Stream came out. I was very interested and wanted to have a go at doing something more artistic with Blender as mm-hmm. opposed to just a scientific project. I got Scott involved by showing him Elephant Stream, and he said that it was very cool and it would be cool to get involved in something like that. Mm-hmm. Then we decided that we'd uh, do some kind of short-based, uh, model-based system where we'd have ourselves in front of a green screen in front of some kind of CGI background, mm-hmm. and then determine if uh, we can make some kind of uh, comedy sketch out of that. We decided to go along the the use of a computer game franchise, which leads to the games because we're worried we get sued. Yep. David has said that we may uh, be better doing um, some kind of uh, trailer for a film that didn't exist. Yep. We came up with an idea for a film called Film, and Film would include all genres of all films and would in large part be parodying every single one of them. We decided against that idea because we decided that Blender would not be capable of doing all the CGI special effects. We'd actually have to do real-life special effects, which we didn't have the money to do. And we decided we would not be able to pull that off, and in fact, it was an incredibly hard project. Incidentally, uh, the film Epic Film came out at the same time as that, that as the thought for the movie trailer, which is yeah. really unfortunate timing. However, Epic was rotten. <laughs> I, never, I never saw it, actually. It is terrible. And in fact, calling it Epic Movie is very misleading because most of the films they're making fun of are not Epics. Um, no, that's my final Sorry, I just totally Then we decided. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we decided we would just do some Blender stuff purely, I think, for a while. And we tried to come up with some ideas for that. Mm-hmm. And we came up with some ideas for a couple of shorts, which were okay, but not great ideas. 
And then we got distracted with uni, or at least I did. I think we both kind of did. Yep. Um, um, and then I had the kind of guy that I am had other projects on the go, and one of them was I was planning on writing a piece of interactive fiction that was originally going to be based on a book by um, a television presenter called Kate Russell, who wrote a book called Henry Pimpf, mm-hmm. or The Chronicles of Henry Pimpf, Volume 1. Kate Russell is amazing, by the way. Oh, I love Kate Russell. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Secret shame. Um, she used to be part of the computer channel, wasn't it, on Sky? Yeah, here in Britain. Uh, the computer channel, which then became .tv. That's right. Before dissolving down to Click, which is the BBC's technical programme. Well, it didn't dissolve to Click. She just, she's, she started working for Click as a presenter. She does Webscape on Click on BBC 24. So there you go. I think she's also she's just producing for other things. Well, anyway. Go, go check her um, out. She's very nice. Yeah, she's really attractive as well. Uh, <laughs> Gentle on the eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I am that aesthetic. Um, <laughs> I'm losing my chance all over the place. Okay, so um, and what I was doing, I asked Kate Russell if I could do uh, an adaptation of her book into interactive fiction. She said she was fine with that. Um, and I went. I actually did start going through the book and started coming up with ideas for that. And I, I do still plan to do that in the future, incidentally. But um, I felt um, I would. I was struggling a wee bit with coming up with ideas. And I thought I would be better experienced to go with my own story first. Now, even though I was really struggling to come up with stories for our film, which by at that point was not a film, we were still thinking shorts, and at that point, no acting. We were going to just do all CGI, uh, like as in like Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, because because it was the realm of interactive fiction, I came up with uh, a story that I was really I thought was quite interesting. Um, and after writing the narrative version of it before I started the interactive fiction version, I thought, you know, this is actually too good for just being a, an interactive fiction piece. Nothing against interactive fiction, but it's, it's a relatively small audience you're pitching to. And I liked the idea of going to that your audience. I then mentioned to Scots, I think that's right, didn't I, Scott? I can I mention it to you one day? Mm-hmm, you did. And then I said, we should do this. And you said, yeah, that'd be cool. And then I said, but this is a major, major project all of a sudden. And you said, yeah. And we had a long talk about whether that was a cool thing to do. And we decided it would be. Yes. Regrets, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then everything completely snowballed after that because when I get going on these projects, I go over the top. So from that, we decided we were going to do a film. We um, came up with some concepts about how to adapt it. We decided um, we would do an open source live action movie. We decided that we would do it in the form of a tutorial in order to generate general advertising and marketing without the need to actually do any general advertising and marketing. Mm. We admit this is all a ploy. Um, we love you really um, well we made a website which I was very pleased with um, and started populating with podcasts vidcasts tutorials which I haven't done yet um, and other news information related to the general concept of making films um, as a kind of jumping board for describing a film we then started learning about the software required finding as much open source software as we could and we started kind of talking to other people in the area and seeing what they knew um. Then what did we start doing after that? Then we started writing the script. Yes. Yes, we did. And that uh, proved harder than it really should have been. Not because we actually genuinely found it that hard. I mean, we did find it hard, and we found a lot of things that we did hard. But that proved hard because um, of university, and university just got very hectic around the time we started writing the script. That was just bad timing. And it just hasn't let up until a couple of weeks ago. So um, hopefully things will start moving a bit quicker now until probably this time next year when Uncle's hectic again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's that's where we are. Basically, this, the stage we're at now is that we think we've come up with a good script. 
we still don't really know anything about filming or uh, photography or lighting or CGI or animating or any of the stuff we really need to know. <laughs> We're now starting to storyboard it. And um, we've managed to pull in other people to get them involved. Um, we've pulled in some musicians. We've pulled in um, some direct, a director and um, another girl to help with acting um, mm-hmm. who we may even manage to get into a bikini, possibly. You never know. Hopefully, because she's smoking. She is. I have an amazingly hot girlfriend. I'm so pleased. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go and see her on Thursday. Yeah. Because she lives thousands of miles away. <laughs> Boston? Boston? Yeah. Who, who are you flying with again? What, what airline? Yeah. Which is a shameless plug for some airline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not paid by anybody, by the way. I just hope everybody knows we haven't done a sponsor. But if you want to sponsor us, then let us know and we'll it's, admit it's, that. it's an unnamed one that flies through it's KLM. Amsterdam. It's KLM. It's Royal Dutch Airlines. KLM to Amsterdam and then Northwest, who are their American partner, fly from Amsterdam to Boston. Fantastic. The six hour layover in Amsterdam. Not so good. The no. quality of the planes, though, is quite high on KLM. So, amazing service on KLM. I think really for the, for the money you pay is really good. Because you can you can get better service than KLM, I admit that, but you pay a lot more for it. The the service compared to the money is really good for KLM. Like I'm KLM. I'm just going to go ahead and say the words British Airways and also Virgin Atlantic because yeah they're they're both significantly better but more expensive. <laughs> yes, they are very expensive. Uh, you can't beat probably BA for quality, but Virgin is yeah. very fun. Yeah, I, I I'm sh- I am ashamed to say I'm not ashamed because I can't afford it, but I've never been on either. But I know that they are amazing, but I've never been on either. I can't afford it. British Airways are good. Virgin is very fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's 2007 and probably part of 2006 as well because we started this a long time ago. Yes, we did. Um, and it's almost worrying to think that you know it's uh, almost two years on and we've only just finished the script. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we have yeah. a nice infrastructure in place, so that's the main thing. I think it's quite quite nice to sort of just to think uh, when when this is all starting. Um, this is maybe a bit of a geeky kind of thing to admit to, but uh, we were kind of looking going through X Files. I'd never actually watched X Files all the way through, mm. and uh, the only reason I'm I'm bringing this up is um, we finished watching the X Files um, as we were starting to get into this, but it was really hindering us in terms of our <laughs> Blender work. Yeah, um, right. But at this point in time, this month they've started filming the latest X Files movie. So I just kind of wanted to see. I thought that was kind of a nice sort of... We ended yeah, with the X-Files yeah. with no expectations of anything and then suddenly the X-Files is starting up again. Yeah. A, random, a random thing to say there, I know. But theoretically, I, I think theoretically the X-Files should come out just as we finish principal photography. Yes. In theory. Good way to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Come on, the Carter. And we went to the, we went to the cinema um, on uh, the Friday. On GFT. We're, we're possibly thinking of doing the premiere in. Maybe. Very cool little cinema. Lovely cinema. We were. I was very psyched about how good the cinema because I've never been in before, and it was. Uh, I'd love to do a premiere there. It'd be amazing. World famous, the Glasgow Film Theatre. Yeah. Was it GFT dot something? GFT dot <laughs> uk. I think. Org uk. Go check it out. You can sponsor seats. Hmm. Yeah, I think, and Ewan McGregor is the patron sponsor for some reason. Yeah. Ordinary sponsor. I don't know. Ordinary patron. That's what it is. Um. Anyway, we've been rambling on it. We shall get to the story, as I'm sure that's all anybody's really interested in this particular episode. Um, or hopefully that's what people are interested in because you know, if you're not, you're probably not going to like the film very much. <laughs> if not, we'll say goodbye to you now, <laughs> and we'll see you in two years. Thanks for famous. listening. <laughs> so, um, where do we leave it? Uh, I think the last time we talked about was Martin had just been tied to the bed, yeah, and he'd been freed from the bed, 
Or is that going to back too far? No, I think that's right. He'd been freed from the bed, and uh, they had a little philosophical conversation with himself about whether or not he was being controlled. Yes, that's right. Space error, wasn't it? So, um, basically, Martin then decides that he can't reason that out, and he's just going to go with the point of view of he has to try and sort it out himself, even if he isn't in control, because he can't sort it out in his yes. head. Oh, incidentally, previously, uh, if you go back to podcast 10, you can hear the first part yeah, of it. Yeah, sorry, podcast 11, we still haven't finished the script, so we can do the rest of it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, what happens here? Let me just read through the script a little bit. Okay. Uh, Martin starts going through the incidents that have happened earlier on in the film and starts uh, tying them up with things that he needed to do in the story and starting to realise that maybe um, it is him that's controlling it because uh, the things that are happening actually supply solutions to problems he was having with the story. And the shot that that's going to be is going to be reminiscent of the one we had at the start of the film when he's he's talking about writing the story. Mm-hmm. Did we mention that last time? I think, uh, I think so, yeah. So it's going to be the same kind of shot, but the, the different point of view is that he's now at, a, strictly speaking, a higher level of reality and that he's now talking about these um, um, fictional ideas from the point of view of someone that's actually experiencing them. Um. Yep, yep, that happens. And then, and then what happens is Martin exclaims, it's perfect, what a wonderful ending. So ironic. But it's only to find him first. Yep. So we're not actually telling what the ending is yet at that point in the film. Um, I think originally I wrote it that you did and I changed it because I thought that was going to be what nothing of the ending. Um, anyway, whatever the ending is, he decides that he needs to go to the castle. Yes. And then, what, he's just running around for a while? Yes, he is. Yeah, okay. And then... Going a bit crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> There's supposed to be a thing of him running past an old dead tree. Yes. Um, I don't know if we'll keep that. There's there, there, there's a reason for it, but I'm not sure it's all that important. Um, it's supposed to do with the fact that even the tree, even though the tree was dead, it still affected people. Yes. I don't know if it's worth putting that in. But the, the, the point of, the point is supposed to be that you know, um, like in a film, you know, even after you've watched the film, it still affects you. You still think about it, you know, and that things continue to exist even though they themselves have stopped. If you like. Um, so you know that happens, and then you run past where the fairies were earlier. And basically, the, all the fairies, they're not running around like they were before. They're actually just sitting down, like, wait, as if waiting for Martin to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, adding to the idea that maybe Martin is the ultimate, you know, important thing in this uh, universe. Um, I think we should have them look excited when he turns up. No. No? No. Why not? They should look uh, solemn. I see. Yeah, no, not excited. Plus, it's easier for Anthony if they're solemn. Uh, oh, I close my place. Um, and then at one point, as uh, ca- uh, Martin's running, we're going to try and pull off a shot where the camera zooms yeah. to Martin's head and then goes inside like we did with the apple. That'll be quite a nice shot. And that'll show him visualising the castle like, the same way that he visualised the um, the apple. Because actually, I think I might have changed that. We didn't see that last time. Now what happens is the castle actually disappears at the start of the film when he first finds it. Mm-hmm. As soon as the, I think there's a twig, he, he hears a twig breaking, he turns around, doesn't see anybody there when he turns back, the castle's gone. Yes. Okay. Um, so from that point of view, he actually has to visualise it to try and get it to come back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, yep, he gets to the castle, it's there, and then he starts uh, shouting out for um, this villain guy to come out and um, starts to kind of call him out. Um, and this, again, the camera zooms into uh, Martin's head again. Um, and this time, when he's visualising the castle, he also visualises the castle with the villain, or this guy. Mm-hmm. Um and then we do a nice little shot where we kind of reveal the villain behind Martin's head. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's fine. There's a nice little shot coming up as well. Is there? <laughs> uh, with the camera and then the reveal of the figure. 
Oh, that's what I was meaning. Yeah, we do a nice reveal of the, the villain gang. Yes. Um. Yeah. And we we decided early on in the film, but um, not early on, I think not, not that long ago, that you're never really going to be able to see the villain's face. Ever? Or do you, do you see it in the end? Um, I kind of thought you might see it at the very end. We should see it at the end, because that would be crap for you if it's totally... <laughs> <laughs> just have your face on camera. No, see see this point, you won't see it. But see when we're... Uh, I'm, I'm rushing ahead, guys. I'm just we're actually coming up with ideas here now. Um, when you're when we're like back in the bedroom mm-hmm. and talking, it'll just be like, you know, just normal. Yeah. But the voice will still be weird. Yes. Okay, so that's sort of thing. The, the villains with are a weird Donnie Darko voice. How are we gonna How are we gonna do that? Actually, I've been thinking about it. I don't know. Are we gonna try and get a voice synthesizer, or is it gonna be an entirely computer based thing? Or no, no, no. It'll be your voice through filters. Uh, so yeah, I, I can do all that. That's, that's dead easy. Filter with a computer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's no problem. That's really. I was doing that years ago with Angel. It's <laughs> we didn't use it because it sounded rotten, but it would be really good in a film context. Oh, the, speaking of Angel, there's a new Angel podcast, isn't there? Oh yeah, Angel's. We've we started doing a podcast. Um, about uh, our releases. <laughs> Scott was the interviewer on the first one. So. Yeah, uh, the interviewer was very cool. Did that, you actually you see know. you were the interviewer? Because I put you in the nose, so I couldn't actually remember if you'd introduce no, yourself. No, I, I didn't think it would be appropriate for me to introduce myself. Because, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Scott's not always going to be doing it. I think there's a, a one or two other people who are actually interested in being the interviewer, so... But you're welcome to come back and do another one if you like. But. Oh yeah, invite me back anytime. Absolutely. Well, I, I actually quite like being involved in more than one podcast, and like, kind of wonder if anyone would notice. Like, oh, is that the guy from That's that the podcast? Guy. It's spreading over around. Just, just like indignation, uh, Alex. Alex. No, Albright. not Alex. Yeah, Alex Albright. Yeah, Alex Albright, yeah, and uh, the other podcast is like the the Totally Rad Show. Totally Rad Show, and he's also appeared in uh, Liam Lynch's podcast, Lynchland. Oh, has he? Yeah. Ah. You know the episode where it was the the RPG thing, and he was like going to try and hunt a dragon. Um. Did you see that one? Mm, do you remember vaguely what episode that was? I think it was seventeen or possibly. Actually, no, it was eighteen. It was just the last one. It was the last one. Eighteen. Was it? Yeah. Nineteen is the latest one, I think. Is it? Oh, I haven't seen that one. There's one where he's like, you know, he's dressed in. It's like Lee Lynch is dressed in mail and you know, uh, chain mail, and you know, he's, yeah. he's going into the fight. Oh, I'm going to go and try and check that. The la- actually, the la- the last one was fifteen minutes, but it was just purely song after song after song. There was nothing else in it. Oh no, I've not seen that one. No, this this one was a while back. It was years ago. Okay. Um, but it's uh, Alex Albrecht is the innkeeper, I believe. All oh, right. Okay. 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 I am so <clears throat> um, just hit myself in a really hard. Um, where are we? So blah, blah blah. So Martin then has this conversation with the killer. Um, that's very hard to describe. Do you want, should we do it? Should we just do it? Um, if you want. We don't have to do the voices or anything. But we can just like read through it. It's probably quicker. Okay, put the voice on like this. No, okay. Is it quicker? Maybe it's not quicker. Uh, are you talking about the, bit where the killer says, I do not care, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Hey, you can if you want. Ah, you know, let's just skim through it. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Martin says um, he's, he's going to try and do, he needs to destroy the killer because the killer is going to destroy the universe by ripping up all these sort of space fold things. Um, and the killer says he doesn't care. And the killer introduces this very human aspect to the character. Up to this point in the film, the killer has been this completely two-dimensional character that you know is just an evil killing machine, mysterious, but you know ultimately no personality. Um, and at this point, we start to realise his motives and things, and he starts to saying, you know, it's really, it's really crap that you're making me go around killing people all the time. That's really horrible of you as my creator to make me, you know, write that stuff that I have to do that. Mm. And so this can so you can start to empathise empathise with the killer a little bit, hopefully. And um, but ultimately, Martin doesn't care about that because it's his existence that's you know. In, in jeopardy here so um anyway basically martin kind of tricks the killer into bringing martin into um his own book 
because I think as, as as it was stated at some point earlier in the film, the killer kills people by kind of pulling them into fictional books. So, um, what was the example I, I used to use? Like, you know, if, like the killer would like pull you into Alice in Wonderland, and then would use I don't know the carpenter to kill you or something like that, whatever you know. But you can you, you use the 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 fictional aspects of that world against you, yes. because obviously in a fictional world's physics, health, whatever don't really mean anything other than to the guy that created that world. So. Um, so he's trying to. Martin tries to trick him into going into his own book with Martin, and this it's to do with. He, he implies that the killer would be stronger there or something. Like that, I can't remember. But in actual fact, if you try and reason it out, really Martin's the strongest thing in that world because he's the creator of it. Mm-hmm. So Martin takes him in and then basically kills him because he then can because he's much much stronger than the killer in that world because he controls it. He's the creator. Yes. Um, and then Martin gets freaked out because, you know, one the castle's still there. <laughs> um, which you know freaks me like why is the castle still there and it's like one is like you know it doesn't feel like anything's really ended it's like he still seems you know as far as Martin's aware he's still stuck in his own story and he's like he doesn't know how to get out so um, Martin kind of thinks okay I need to get back to my computer and maybe write to the end of the story and that'll end it so he starts running back and then he realises as he's running back that everything behind him is slowly being erased yes that's right and um, it's going to be as if because uh... he's now in his own book it's like well it's that because that it's, it's, well, the, the impression we're trying to give is because that part of the story is ended, it's no longer needed, and it's that way. Like I'm trying, I was trying to say earlier, you know, like in a film, when you walk away from it, you know, the film in itself doesn't exist anymore, but mm-hmm. it kind of still exists in your head, or at least the parts that you find important. So my point is that these stuffs being erased because they aren't important anymore, and that the the, the film, as it were, is slowly, well, not the film, but the, the book is like coming to an end as he reaches the end of his own story. Uh, so he runs back and um, he's kind of desperate to get into his room. He, he flings himself into his room. To, you know, finish everything as quickly as he can before the world collapses in on itself, and then he sees the killer there in his room reading his story, mm-hmm. which hopefully would be a reveal. I didn't deliver it very well here in my my vocal voice, but you know, in the film, hopefully, would cut it really well. Um, is that right? Yes, it is. That's accurate to the script. I might actually get like four pages of the script into like a single sentence there by just saying Martin kills the the monster. So <laughs> I'm, t- I'm totally out of place now. There's by an all. elaborate <laughs> fight that happens between Martin and the killer. It's not that elaborate. Well, we haven't really decided exactly how that fight's going to go down. But seeing as the film is now possibly running long, it might actually still be quite a short fight. Mm-hmm. As well as scripted, it's actually a relatively short fight. Um. Anyway, there. So Martin freaks out and he says, "You know, how are you here? I killed you." Blah blah blah. And the killer, um, Oops. was that a phone? Oh dear, I should have turned my phone off. In fairness, I never turn my phone off, it just doesn't mean that big a Do you want me to just, I'll just hang on, I'll be back in a second. You'll be back in a second? What am I doing, this solo off. now? I'm just going to turn the phone off, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> okay, um. Silent. So the killer doesn't really answer Martin, he just kind of starts being really, um, quixotic and saying like, you know, I like your book, I, hello? We're like, we're like doing a podcast just now. Well, you can come in, but you know, what? you can come in, but you have to just listen. Okay, <laughs> this is how amateur the setup is. Yeah, we're in my bedroom. My my sister's coming to join the fun. Um, so uh, what was I talking about? I've forgotten. Oh yeah, the killer says he likes reading the book and he hasn't experienced it as a reader, and he's seeing stuff like oh, it's more enjoyable to read it about a killer than be you know be one, and he gets into long, relatively. Did Alex just leave? Yes. Alex just left, okay. Uh, I guess into kind of long kind of conversation. Um, again, very philosophical. The killer's starting to point out things like, you know, you know, do you think this is in your head? Why did you think, you know, you could kill me? All this kind of stuff. I won't go into the old ins and outs of that because it was very deep and complicated. 
But basically, um, the killer suggests that he's just, you know, he can only do what he's written to do. He's, he's, a, he's a puppet of his creator, mm-hmm. um, which one would assume is Martin. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more complicated than that. Let's, so, let's uh, let, do you want to, maybe we shouldn't spoil the very end. Really? Do you think so? Do you think we should? Just uh, I don't know. I I hadn't, I hadn't really planned on keeping anything private. We we could spoil it now. I don't. I mean, like uh, I don't know if like the the whole. I mean, the whole story is it's kind of oh, doesn't matter. Just 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 say it. <laughs> I was, I wasn't sure. It's not really that necessary to the purpose of the website and what we're trying to do with it. No, I mean, for fictionality, for the fictionality podcast and the website and everything, no, we don't really need to see exactly how the film ends. I just wonder if you wanted to keep a little... I mean, it doesn't really bother me. I just wonder if you want to keep a little bit of suspense there that people wouldn't really know. But then again, I suppose if they are following okay, us... Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We will, re- we will revor- reward the people that actually listen to this, okay? Yeah, okay. If you actually want to know the ending, okay, this is what you can do. One, you need to figure out how to use the GNU Privacy Guard or PGP, okay? Get yourself some kind of key for encryption. Okay. Um, send me an email through the Fictionality website saying that you want to know the ending of the story and that you promise not to tell anybody what it is. Okay. <laughs> I will then send you, with the key, the public key that you send me, I will send you an encrypted version of the end of the script. It will not be the end of the script, it will just be my summarized version of it. Okay. Um, and we can do it that way. And that will reward the people that really want to know. That sounds cool. I don't know if. That seems like a little bit, little bit of effort, though, with the whole set of getting in. Well, they've got to work stuff. for it. That's the whole thing. If they really want to know, they can know. But if they don't really want to know, they won't know. And they'll just have to wait to the phone. Fair enough. Well, instantly, if you know us in person, then come and ask us. Yeah, yeah. If you know us, we'll tell you. We don't really, <laughs> we don't really care about um, You'll enjoy it more if it's a, if it's a surprise. If it's but a what surprise. I will say, and I, don't think, I think people can probably figure this out for themselves, is that at the moment, the film has only had two actors. That's right. There's only been two actors. Hmm. Hmm. And at the credits list, there are, well, I won't say, but um, yeah, so there's, I, I will say this, there's another four or five pages of the script left, so there's, uh, the ending is, is interesting, but if I, if I, Scott's right, if I go on more, I will probably spoil the film for you, so we won't do any more, but if you really want to know, just text, you know, emails will tell you. Super. Oh, but incidentally, Ooh. if you if you really want to know and you're not sure what John is talking about, then email one of us and you'll get well, yeah. instructions on. We'll tell you how to do all. On, on what the PGP is and how to how that works. But it's it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's really easy. It's not it's not an issue. Great. Well, so is that that's actually relatively short. I thought that we're going a lot longer. Mind you, we just cut five pages of the script out. So. That's true. That's true. And I earlier cut out like four. <laughs> how long is this? Yeah, yeah. It's like thirty. It's, well, we were talking from even to the start, so it's forty-ish. Okay, that's that's probably that. I mean, that's a half decent size. I mean, that's we've covered everything we want to cover. Um, yeah, that's that's fine. And as I say, we're going to do one quick one after this, but you don't really need to listen to it because um, we'll be replacing it at the end of two thousand and nine. Um, and you should still listen to it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> the so the next you'll see from us is sort of towards the end of January. Um, there might be site updates, but in terms of podcast and uh, video uh, web podcast. Um, Towards the end of January, with the next thing, because uh, I'm going to Boston for a couple of weeks, and uh, we ha- kind of have a lot to do before we really have anything else to say. Yeah. If you like, I'm going to be working on the storyboards. I've actually mm-hmm. just done the storyboard for the titles. Yeah, which look um, really good actually. So that's just to um, kind of get used to it. So I'm going to continue that and finish the storyboard thing, and then we'll sort of I'll, I'll, I'll maybe help out with that a little bit if I can. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I'm, I'm actually, I'd really, I'm. 
to be honest, I prefer to shift more into Blender at the moment because I think if you're doing the storyboard, then I can maybe start doing the logos and stuff. And yeah, then it's gonna spread it a bit more. Yes. Anyway, hopefully, there's there's good things coming. We're hoping. We don't know when the trailer will be done, but based on the idea we came up with, we could maybe do it quicker than we expected. So, hopefully, the start of the new year will be more podcasts, more tutorials, more video podcasts, and possibly a trailer. Hopefully, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, thanks for everybody that has been listening. I think I checked today, we're now up to 10 subscribers. 10 subscribers, really? Yeah. I don't know who they are, but they're mostly in America. Really? Do you know whereabouts in America they are, roughly? Uh, No. Fantastic. How many people from the UK, incidentally? Uh, one. Fantastic. <laughs> Which I think is, I think it's Jamie. <laughs> I'm not really sure. There's, there's one in the UK, there's one in Australia. Paul Kajedji. No, sorry, there's two in Australia. Really? Paul Kajedji and somebody else? Yeah, or or Paul and two computers, who knows? Uh, <laughs> or possibly possibly Paul is not one of them as well. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be surprised. Though. But um, yeah, the rest are from America. I don't know who they are. A Merry Christmas to you, Paul, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas to Paul. Paul's been very supportive of us. Have a have a nice warm summery Christmas. Whilst yeah. we whilst we struggle with minus temperatures. <laughs> Just really weird they're getting a lot of snow in Boston, but we're actually colder. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Um so yeah, so again, you know, thanks for listening and um we hope you have a good Christmas and a good new year. Yes, Merry Christmas and New Year to you all. Or Hogmanay, as we say in Scotland. Hogmanay. Slangivan. Are we dram here and there? A mm. bit of whiskey? And um Good Kaylee times. I can't think of anything else to say, really. Is that is that us for 2007? I think so. Good luck to you all with your own films. Do have a go. I don't I don't know if we've really made any difference in that respect yet, but, you know, I, I think it's doable for everyone. I think so, To too. make a film. Uh, when do you think we're going to be back? Oh, well, I mean, two-thirds of the way through January. Fantastic. <laughs> Something along those lines. Uh, keep glued to the website. There will be information posted and now and then. And you can always email any of us. Absolutely. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's goodbye, I guess. I'm uh, I'm John Ferguson, and I'm Scott Heron, and we're coming to you from Fictionality.co.uk, and we will see you in 2008. Bye bye. Bye bye.